0: Thanks for watching us tonight. A lot has happened uh, even since yesterday when we were talking uh, When yes, uh, 24 hours ago about uh, my thoughts on the uh, air raids and different kinds of conflict up in the north possibly that we discussed yesterday. So one of my jobs here has been to really dig down into what's happening on the ground and get it to you that you're not hearing in the legacy or mainstream media. And a big part of that is actually why this happened, why the why the attack was allowed to happen or essentially people didn't see it coming from the US or in Israel. So that is part of what I've been doing. I've been having a lot of high level meetings uh, in, with, high, uh, with Israeli officials today. And you've seen the ceasefire that Netanyahu uh, signed and cabinet approved. And you've seen his statement that the war is not over, that it will continue. This is just a ceasefire to trade hostages. We've talked about how the hostages are top of mind with the israeli public and there's a lot of pressure on the administration to deal with them and to get them back this is an info war and this hostage or ceasefire hostage exchange is part of that info war in order to try to capture back a little ground by the israeli side due to their the civilian casualties in gaza you can read the details of the ceasefire on cdm.press. We've got multiple articles up there and there'll be more. The coverage there by Christine Dolan and others has been fantastic and we'll continue that as as well as what I'm doing here in Israel. We're going to be here at least another week. I've been in contact with the IDF and we are waiting on some approvals to go into some of the conflict areas. So that will be coming uh, in due time. Uh, But the war is not over and the, the, the Netanyahu administration is being pressured by the white house to do this ceasefire we believe and again it's part of the info war on israeli side to counter a lot of the propaganda uh that hamas and the muslim world in general has been spreading all over social media so i had a great meeting today with yossi kuperwasser who is a former he was an israeli intelligence and security expert former served as the head of the research division in the idf and the intelligence division and the director general of the israeli ministry of strategic affairs and I sat down with him at length today, and we talked about a lot of things. And I just want to go over um, some of his thoughts. You know, he's he's been around in this conflict for some time, and brings a level of gravitas that you won't see uh, in the media today, really anywhere. So we're happy to talk about what we discussed with him. And we're going to have him on a video interview um, down the road at the appropriate time and kind of give an update on what's happening. But let me give you some of his thoughts of what he. Uh, portrayed to me as to why this happened, which again is what I want to drill down into and talk with a lot more people here in Israel and try to get to that, that information and, and pass it on to you. So he, he told me three things. First of all, he said there was a long, long period of indoctrination in Israel, uh, in the government, with the youth, with different parts of society that uh, basically to gin up the hatred for the Jews in Muslim society, especially in Gaza. And he talked about how a lot of the Israeli officials today and people that are dealing with terror or dealing with the war are are new on the scene and don't really have the level of experience that a lot of the older Israelis encountered and developed over the past decades in the wars. He said many of them don't even speak Arabic and don't understand that that when you give benefits to a population like Hamas in Gaza, when you give them money, when you give them a chance for a better existence, The leadership there, not all the Gazans, but the leadership there, they don't really care. They'll take it and they'll say, oh, this is great, but we still want to control this territory and to kick, you know, the Jews off this land is essentially was his thoughts that the indoctrination process. And you see this in the U.S. as well. And it's global. He said that um, you you see it on the college campuses in the U.S. where it's all about opposing uh, the Jewish state and furthering the revolution rather than finding a way f- forward to peace so i thought that was interesting and the second thing he said was this was executed extremely well and extremely well planned and they had extremely good operational security uh, military people out there will understand that americans are are famous for loving to talk on the radios and in vietnam you know they the, the Viet Cong used to sit off the end of the runways and just wait for them to start talking on the radios about arming the jets and and when the takeoffs are going to be and then they would know everything so but he said Hamas was very good at operational security and nobody could connect the dots. That was number three. That there was some information about some training going on, or that a lot of people were gathering and talking, but they couldn't connect the dots or didn't connect the dots to actually the type of attack and the overwhelming numbers uh, that were presented against to the you know Israeli defense system. And he and a lot of the Israeli Israeli leaders were deterred, if you will, into thinking that the Hamas uh, terrorists were deterred, that they were getting money, that they were giving you know, benefits and that they were happy and that they would leave five years down the road before anything would happen. And that mindset, which you can also see in the U.S., uh, exposed a lot of weakness in Israel uh, from a leadership standpoint. And again, in the U.S., you see this as well. And he said, you need to understand that although you give them benefits and, and, and a better life, Their reason for being, and I'm talking about the extremists at the top, is to further the revolution. It has nothing to do with a better life for the Gazan people. Uh, Yossi also said that they saturated the system, uh, the Israeli defense system. There was thousands of rockets launched, a massive rocket barrage, and then hundreds of terrorists along multiple different points in the system that oversaturated the defense system. Of course, they saw them, but they just did not have the assets in place to respond and he said they were the terrorists were very surprised at once they got into Israel that they were there and that they had such free reign that they did so again we're going to drill down into this and get other perspectives over time but I thought that was a very interesting observation he also said they have no human intelligence like they used to uh, in the Yom Kippur where he mentioned they had 10 20 30 people who were on the Israeli payroll that were you know may have been double agents but they were taking Israeli money and they giving them information he said we didn't have a single person Inside Gaza at this point, I don't know if that's true, but that's what he said. Um, and again, division and weakness in Israeli society. And he also mentioned that Israel right now is very dependent on the U.S., which I found interesting. And part of that is their appreciation of bidens and the multiple carrier groups, etc. But that they they really are dependent on the U.S. from a logistical standpoint, even though they're a very strong country, they're not a superpower, and they need America's diplomatic, you know, heft. In the international arena as as well as a continuing flow of arms and he said that hamas wants a ceasefire Uh, they did not expect the extent of the israeli pushback and aggression into gaza after the attacks on october 7th which killed anywhere from you know 1200 to 1600 israelis and the the gazans were or the hamas was not ready for the type of overwhelming force that israel has provided so they want this ceasefire to continue and that is uh, obviously the info war and the diplomatic issues that are being presented to israel and to their leadership but he he mentioned and, and netanyahu mentioned that this war is not over we can have a ceasefire we can give them a few days but we are going to destroy hamas and rip them out of gaza and that was from netanyahu's mouth today before we move on this crisis obviously caught israel by surprise uh, there's a lot of talk I saw a clip from uh, Klaus Schwab talking about cyber attacks in the US the other day and how devastating it will be. When that happens, you're going to need things and you're going to need to be able to protect your family. And one of the things you're going to need is possibly emergency medicine. If you are caught by surprise, if if there's some kind of accident in your house at the same time, or somebody gets sick, the CVS may be down, the drug stores may be down, you may not be able to travel, you may be locked down. So how are you going to protect your family? So look at the wellness company's emergency medical kit. You can go to twc.health/cdm and check everything out. It's got a multitude of medications that you get by a subscription or a prescription process they have, and they will get them to you. And you have the ability to respond for your family for a multiple of different diseases, whether that be tick-borne diseases, COVID, any type of new bioweapon uh, like the black plague or whatever it could be released I mean, this could happen and, you know, everything's fine now, but this could happen and change immediately. So go to twc.health forward slash CDM and use promo code CDM and get a 10% discount. There's also, if you go on CDM.press on our website, there's ads all over the place. There are bigger discounts for the Black Friday sale that is coming. So please go to CDM.press. The ads are all over the sites across our network and check out the Black Friday sale for the wellness company emergency medical kit and protect your family. This one protects one adult. So you may need more than one. And uh, really right now is a time of, uh, of protection and being forward looking as to, you know, if you're the man of the house or the mom of the house, uh, do what you need to do to protect your children and grandchildren, et cetera. Even if others don't want to, you do it for them. And that's really important right now. I also talked with Yossi about the northern situation in the uh, north of Israel and Hezbollah against uh from Lebanon, they have 150,000 or plus rockets pointed at Israel, which is a very uh, lethal force that they could employ at any time. And there's also an army of Hezbollah uh, on the northern border. Hold on, let me get rid of this. There's an army on the northern border that could uh, cause Israel a lot of trouble. And this is a situation and even more deadly than what is going on Uh, in Gaza in the south, uh, because the force is much more substantial, sophisticated, and lethal. And Yossi mentioned that this is something they have to deal with one way or the other. There's been about 60,000 Jews who have moved out of the south on the border, and also many from the north away from the border into Tel Aviv in the center, because they just don't feel safe living on the borders anymore. And this is not good for Israeli society, and it needs to change. And so he talked about how they need to finish this war with Hamas, but they have to deal with the North. And this could be an unintended good consequence for Israel that that gives them some type of reason to deal with this situation in the North. And that's either pressuring the U.S. government to pressure Lebanon to move Hezbollah north of the river. The U.N. could be involved, uh, U.N. resolutions. But he said if that doesn't work, there, there may be a military solution at last resort. And they need to go back to the old ways of dealing with Hamas and Hezbollah and stop appeasing them, essentially. Um, and, and that's essentially what we talked about. It was a very good discussion. We've had other talks with other Israeli leaders, but I'm not ready to go into those yet. Uh, but we will be back tomorrow with more information, and we are going to let you know when we're going to move into the north uh, on the Golan with the IDF or down into the south. And we will give you an update uh, on scene. Uh, in Israel on the conflict as it moves forward. But I think everybody needs to watch the North. That is uh, the the real linchpin in this moving into a much bigger and wider war. So thank you for listening, and uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Thank you very much.